Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. to get you. This is where they're coming from. And me, we, we're the wall between the American dream and total insanity and the destruction of the greatest country in the history of the world. We're all that stands. We're all that stands. And a typical Republican probably wouldn't get there, but I think I'm and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 1st of September, year of our Lord, 2020, and I am going early because I'm angry. Yeah, it's going to be a short podcast. It has one subject, violence. Nothing but violence. Our intro summed it up. There is death to America. I'm going to take the street, take it to the streets and attack people and kill them. And the president who went to Pennsylvania and said that line, that's why they ran Biden out to say that line. I I watched Tucker Carlson last night. <clears throat> it was basically my podcast. I'd already put the sound bites together. And then I watched the circus. And the circus is a Showtime show that has Jennifer Palmieri, a bunch of liberals, and one ex-conservative, a never-Trumper. 
And they spent their whole time on social justice and how they truly believe that they can win on the concept of Black Lives Matter. They think Americans are stupid. Yet I know Americans aren't stupid. When Trump said that line, it was on a show and I was like, holy crap, it's actually true. The guy's a buffoon. I don't like him. But it's true. He's spot on. We have violence everywhere. We have violence so bad that we have made videos superimposing what Democrats have said. They're all over social media. I'm going to play them all. This is what they are. You will hear a Maxine Water, a Pelosi. Um, you will hear um, Dems calling for violence, a Dem rhetoric. And then you're going to hear Bernie and you're going to hear Beto O'Rourke being interviewed this week. And it's exactly what the Bernie bros said. They are going to re-educate you. We will mobilize and ensure countrywide that you follow what they want. And it all goes together. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, he kicks. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. So even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. 
and that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels. That this isn't they're not gonna let up and they should not. If you take me rally and now you ain't seen nothing yet. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, be kidding. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. So even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Mm -hmm. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. If I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you take me I don't have to tell anybody watching this uh, that we are living in an unprecedented moment in American history. Uh, we got a pandemic that has taken 180,000 lives and many thousands of those lives were taken unnecessarily because we have a president who has turned his back on science and medical knowledge in order to push his right wing ideology. Today, as a result of the pandemic, we're living under the worst economic conditions since the Great Depression. That's true in Texas. It's true in Vermont, all over this country. And let's not forget for one second that millions and millions of people have lost their jobs. And because of our dysfunctional health care system, when you lose your job, you lose your health care. We're talking about people today who are having trouble feeding their kids people by the millions worrying about being evicted. So when Donald Trump gets up there and he talks about how great the economy has been and is, we know what he really means. It is great for his billionaire friends. And we got to admit it. Hey, for all the billionaires who are watching this town meeting, I don't think there are too many of them, but if one or two of them are, you know, 
the economy is doing really, really great for you. But if you're a working person who's worried about getting evicted, who can't find a decent job, who's been working for starvation wages, who has no health care, who can't find affordable child care, maybe sleeping out on the streets, you know that this economy has not been working for you. So what Claude said, and I think all of our panelists are going to say, is pretty simple stuff. And that is we need an economy. We need a government that works for all of the people, the working people of this country. People can't make it on starvation wages. We can't continue being the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all. We cannot continue the massive level of income and wealth inequality that we have today where three people, three people, own more wealth than the bottom half of America. We can and must do better than that. And that is what this program is about today. That is what this campaign is about. It is mobilizing millions of people to stand up, to fight back, to defeat Donald Trump, to elect Joe Biden, and to understand that the day after Joe is elected president, we're going to be mobilizing people all across this country to make sure that he becomes the most progressive president since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, I, I saw that interview, and, and Senator Sanders is absolutely right. Um, Donald Trump, who, who lies all the time, has been saying some of the quiet parts out loud that describe exactly what he's going to do, uh, slowing down the mails to reduce the likelihood that we can vote, or in an interview with Chris Wallace of Fox News, saying that he might not accept the results of the election. Now, all of us understand it's not up to Donald Trump or any person any one person in this country as to whether or not the result. If this election is close, and even if Joe Biden has lawfully won both the popular vote and the electoral college vote, make no mistake, Donald Trump will do everything he can to try to create chaos and confusion. Both of whom, Donald Trump and William Barr, have talked about mail-in ballots being fraudulent, though we know that the truth is they are not. It is one of the safest, most secure ways of voting, and it is it is almost completely immune to, to tampering or, or fraud. So what's the answer to that? And I think this is part of the reason that Senator Sanders is holding this town hall in Texas today. If Texas's 38 electoral college votes come in for the Democratic nominee for the first time in 44 years, since 1976, I mean, let that sink in for a second, that will send a shockwave through this country. And Donald Trump may not accept the results, but who gives a shit? Because the rest of the country will be forced to. They built this. We have a media establishment trying so hard to flip it that they think this will work. They think scaring American people is the way to get people to vote the way they are. They literally believe, and and I heard it on the on the um, on the circus that. Uh, the American uh, America has moved on this. No America hasn't moved on here. This uh, you can't say you're against BLM. You'll lose your job. You'll get deplatformed. You'll get beat up in the street. We had murders in Portland. A murder. They cheer it. We're going to play it. They they were happy for it. They think it's the greatest thing ever. Um, but 
here, here's the media. Once again, there's a Kaylee Mahaney uh, talking about paintball, and then all of the media sound bites that they are trying to spin this that it's Donald Trump's fault, or Donald the the Republicans are all racist. It was a plantation. The RNC was a, a KKK convention. They think they can literally win on violence in the street and blaming Donald Trump because that's what they've done for four years. And it's worked. You can blame him and the polls will work. But they don't understand the American people because nobody I talk to believes what's happening in the street is right except for the left and our media. What about the video of them scuffling, shooting paintballs at people, getting in the mix with, with people? Is that patriotic activity? I don't think the president's seen that video, nor have I. But if you're going to ask about paintballs, it's incredible that for 90 days I've stood at this podium talking about officers who have been lasers flashed in their eyes in an attempt to blind them, commercial-grade fireworks being thrown at them, a church right out here burning down, uh, the people that were harassed and yelled at, Senator Rand Paul, Dan Bongino, right out here. And you're going to ask me about a paintball video when, in fact, for 90 days we've seen horrific horrific violence by Antifa, a radical anarchist organization. I mean, you're going to ask me about a paintball video I've yet to see in neither as the president. I'm going to ask you about it, but you maintain that, that's, that the, the, the people who went into the city to conduct that activity, are there? The president's paint- never seen that video. I don't even know if the people that you're referring to were a part of the paintball activity, but um, look, there's been 90 days of violence from left-wing anarchists. Um, it's incredible that today is the one time you're interested in a violence when it's paintballs and we don't even know who set off these paintballs, but you fail to ask for 90 days about violence from an anarchist organization because it happens to be on the left. Kellyanne Conway said the more chaos and anarchy and violence reigns, the better it is for the very clear choice of who's got on public safety and law and order. Does this president, is he rooting for more violence for the political benefit? That's what Kellyanne Conway's quote is, is suggesting Democrats say that the president thinks violence works in his political favor. Absolutely not. Um, He is not rooting for more violence in the slightest. Um, And in fact, you know, I would note that under his administration, we saw violent crime nationwide decrease in both 2017 and 2018 after rising during each of the two previous years. Um, We're encouraged that Operation Legend is working. We've heard of Democratic strategists, people close to Biden, concerned about uh, about the, the the efficacy of a law enforcement message for the president as people see uh, violence in the streets of Kenosha and Portland, etc. And, and again, we, we, we don't want to uh, overplay or underplay the violence, how extensive it is, but, but should Democrats be concerned about that, particularly in a swing state like Wisconsin? No, I don't think they should be terribly concerned about this because if you look at what's happening... Joe Biden is the one who has repeatedly condemned the violence and called for peaceful demonstrations. Donald Trump has not done that. It's the Trump supporters who are out here causing mayhem. It's the Trump supporter in Kenosha who killed two people just last week. It's the Trump supporter, Caesar Sayoff, who was sending pipe bombs to CNN. Trump supporter was out there chanting white power, and the president was retweeting that. So when they look at the messages and they see the, the Biden campaign message versus the, the Trump campaign message, they know that Donald Trump is the one who's instigating fear instead of creating calm. Yeah, we our, our broadcast was interrupted by the arrival of one of Caesar Sayoc's uh, letter bombs uh, a couple of years ago. In much of the Democratic Party, it's now fashionable to say that America is racist. That is a lie. 
America is not a racist country. Growing up in the deep south, I've seen racism up close. I know what it is, and it isn't Donald Trump. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. And that's why I believe the next American century can be better than the last. That was not a Saturday Night Live sketch. Welcome back to AM Joy. I'm Tiffany Cross. If you watched the Republican National Convention last week, you'd almost think that the Republican Party is the one welcoming people of color, given the big display of diversity. The convention featured more than a dozen African-American speakers alone. But don't be fooled that the party of Trump has suddenly warmed to the same people Trump's policies and sometimes his rhetoric directly harms. As a friend of the show, Ellie Mistal, wrote so eloquently in The Nation, the Republicans invited a cadre of professional black friends to validate Donald Trump and make white people feel a little less racist while still very much supporting white supremacy. I mean, I watched the Republican convention and seeing the slew of black speakers that they had, it really did look like a modern day minstrel show to me. Well, obviously, he wants to make it uh, the diversion from focus on the virus. He wants this focus uh, on the inner cities. He believes it's uh, a way for him um, to have a political comeback here. But I'll tell you, I think there's a ton of risk here for the president politically. He can't look like he's rooting for the violence. You heard the comments from Kellyanne Conway on Friday sort of fed into that perception. The president retweeting, calling calling the Portland, um, the Trump folks in Portland, calling them patriots. He is yet to condemn the vigilante violence. So he's, it's obvious what he's trying to do, but I think uh, he, he risks looking like he is rooting for violence here, and that's a bad place to be. The president is inciting violence. You saw Donald Trump go to New Hampshire on Friday and say, you know, protesters my ass. He's had every opportunity to speak as a leader to this nation that is hurting, to speak to people who are struggling, who are trying to rightly seek justice in this moment, but also who are looking around and who are afraid, who see chaos, who see uh, uh, okay, incredible... Okay, but answer my question. Threat. You said incite violence. Abs- absolutely, he has. He has encouraged uh, his supporters to go out, to be aggressive. You heard, you were just discussing with Laura Trump, Kellyanne Conway said it unapologetically. It is better for this president if there is more anarchy, more violence, more chaos. He has at every opportunity tried to fan the flames here. And we're, and that is the reason we are living in Donald Trump's America. You know, he is trying to make okay. this argument. He is trying to make an argument okay. about Joe Biden's America, pointing to things that are happening okay. in Donald Trump's America. And when your president can't say Black Lives Matter, when the entire country is saying Black Lives Matter, when he speaks for 76 minutes and does not invoke the name of the young man who was murdered, but then talks about the quote-unquote violence that's happening as a result of that. TJ, you just mentioned in the backdrop, Jacob Blake just died when this march was already planned. So to keep saying, leave it to Congress, that's not working. To say, just vote, 
that's not working because black people are still getting killed every week. There are, the list is so tragic and so long, it's hard to keep up with all the stories that are out there. Yeah, T.J. Holmes, it reminds me of listening in, in here in New York, the 9-11 memorial service every year, <laughs> that family members line up and just say the names of the loved ones they've lost. So, so it's one thing for the Black Lives Matter movement to just say, stop shooting us and killing us. But then you have to deal with the additional pain of being reminded of just how much your life doesn't matter because it's not worth convicting or even charging the person that took that life. So this, the pain we talk about here, and, and look, we, we covered that, that uh, just George Floyd was the latest. But every, going to, I mean, I'm a young black man. I, I know these are my friends. These are my neighborhoods. But to see yourself and somebody that looks like you being gunned down every single day almost on television, to see that and go through that, there is a trauma. I've heard people talk about this. Like, we, we need a collective uh, therapy as black folks in this country. It's just hard. And, yes, maybe Yvette sometimes, maybe they're listening. Some people are listening that weren't before. But this, to, to sit through this and, and to listen to these stories again, it is. It's. Weaponizing his own narcissism is such an interesting way to put that. Uh, Brittany, in terms of the Hatch Act, that is a law. <laughs> and so it, it's not, you know, to John's point, simply violating norms historically, but also literally violating federal statute, or at least not in the president's case, encouraging staffers to do so. When you, when you have on the one hand the president um, who's caging people he's claiming are violating laws even though they're seeking asylum, who's encouraging br brutal treatment of black people by police officers even if they're not committing crimes, uh, What's your reaction to the fact that you have the president violating the law and then brutally treating black and brown people who he deems law lawbreakers? Look, uh, President Trump is a lawless person. We knew he was lawless before he got into office. We had very good indicators that he had sexually assaulted women. Uh, so many people around him have been have taken hits and gone to jail uh, because they committed crimes on his behalf. The president is a criminal. He has no respect for the rule of law. He understands this job as basically a money grab to support the Trump organization and his own individual pockets. And part of the challenge we have as a nation is that a significant swath of Americans still support Donald Trump. They support his vision of America, and that is rooted in racism. It is rooted in a desire for power at the expense of everyone who is black and brown. And so what we have in this problem is a, is a, is a spiritual kind of tyranny of the worst impulses, uh, you know, as uh, Dr. Meacham said, um, you, know, you know, sort of weaponizing narcissism. I'm here. Uh, so we just finished watching the Republican <coughs> convention. Um, a lot of talk today about the lying. And yes, of course, you know. My question, though, is was it effective? Was this an effective convention for the Republicans? Well, Bill, I, I think the, the convention was ineffective in a big fundamental way, which was the ratings were lower. Donald Trump's going to lose his shit today when he sees that Biden got better ratings than he did, and he's going to act out because of it. I also don't think it broadened the base at all. I mean, Biden was talking to moderates, Republicans, swing voters, trying to invite people in. Donald Trump was doing what he always does, which is trying to narrow cast to white non-college voters and, you know, with all the scare tactics that are involved in that, all the, the, the crazy... You know, the Antifa anarchist communists are coming to make you get gay Sharia married. You know, the whole crazy talk. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, the ending was, I, I saw Trump's ending last night. It was, I, I thought it was fairly effective. You know, talking about, first of all, the people are there, no masks, you know, um, which is somewhat dangerous, you know, in this atmosphere, but also looks bold. And it just looked, I mean, if you're selling optimism, which is what Republicans have, have always been very good at selling, and America isn't a shithole, <laughs> except if Biden gets elected, it's going to look like some of it does now. That was sort of weird. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, when he started talking about, you know, we're, we're, we've been the pioneers, and we're the, we're, we're the rebels, and we're the people that don't cut down the tall trees, and you go as high as you want. What the president was trying to really do was sell the idea of fear, this idea that what you see on your TV with the burning cars and, and, and looting, that's, that's separate and apart from the peaceful protests that we're largely seeing all over the country, that that's going to come to a neighborhood near you. He's really trying to convince, especially white suburban women, that this is going to be a scary time if Joe Biden is elected. And I will say... As much as we talk about Black Lives Matter, as much as we see um, boycotting from athletes and really the, the largest protest movements in a generation, the other thing that we're seeing is that polling shows that the chaos is, is possibly hurting the Black Lives Matter movement. So Kellyanne Conway came out yesterday, yesterday and said the chaos and the violence, that helps us, essentially. He's, she said that that makes the distinction clear between President Trump and Joe Biden. Joe Biden said that that was really President Trump rooting for more violence, not less violence. And when you look at a poll Marquette Law School did, in Wisconsin specifically, the support for Black Lives Matter movement dropped among independents. It went from about 40, 70 yeah. percent in July to, or rather in June, to lower than that in August. So what you see is there are people, and there is evidence that the voters that both Joe Biden and President Trump want for them, um, that those people are starting to look at the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests and starting to conflate them with the out-of-control rioters who are separate and apart from the actual movement that is calling for peaceful protest. There are millions of people that tune into Fox News every night and hear that drum being beaten over and over again. So, Lena, it reminds me of a lot of what we saw when we were covering this campaign in 2016. Donald Trump was followed uh, by strife. He was followed by unrest. A lot of these rallies we went to, when you'd walk outside, there would be clashes between uh, Trump voters and protesters. He was inside calling for his supporters to punch protesters, do whatever they needed to do. So he, he, he was painting this picture that America was wild and out of control, even though it was only wild and out of control in the, in the small pockets where he was at any given time. He was creating these, these um, divisive moments. It seems like what we're seeing right now is the president doing the same with, with the scenes coming out of a place like Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm just wondering, when, when you talk to Trump voters, why do they think that the solution to what Trump is doing is more Trump? Well, I, I don't think that they see him as a cause of the unrest because he is telling them, and Fox News is backing him up on this with the footage and the narrative that they are spinning, is that, you know, the reason this is happening is because Democrat-led cities um, are not, you know, taking control of out-of-control black people. I mean, frankly, that's, that's what he's saying. That is that bubble. That's the bubble. They don't know America. They are stuck in this false world that they live in where everybody agrees with them that everybody's a Nazi. 
Anybody that supports Trump is a fucking racist. Anybody that goes out and, and defends their own property has to be a white supremacist. When every group, like proud prayer groups and everything, is classified by SPLC as a racist organization. When Tucker Carlson, who will play his segment from last night, this sums all this up per- perfectly, but we'll do it after I do it. Um, they want to take him off the air. They are the people that are pushing this. They are the people calling for people to get beat in the street. And they were waiting. You know, we've been going from May with destruction, death, 33 people killed. Now we're up to 36. We have continued to beat, loot, loot, burn. And they've said peaceful, 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 peaceful. And they were waiting. I mean, I'm splitting half on this. Half of me is like, I'm so happy that people are literally defending themselves finally. But then I go, well, there's the media. They're going to grab a hold of that, and they're going to run with it. They're going to say, there it is. It was Trump supporters all along. Every podcast, I have read some bullshit stats that somebody came up with trying to equate all the violence in the street is due to Trump supporters. But in my intro, you heard D.C., and you heard a motherfucker in Minneapolis say, death to a fucking America, and I'm going to go kill congressmen. That's why I put it with Trump's statement. That's these people they're defending. They think America believes like they do that America is an irredeemably horrible place and it can only be saved by Biden. I mean, his whole premise yesterday is, do you think this is Biden, that um, I am a soft guy on riots? And Yes. Yes, you are. Your whole thing is because Trump didn't say Jacob Blake, a guy who just sexually assaulted a woman and was reaching for a knife or had a knife in his hand and the cop defended him because he didn't make a speech about that guy. We're all racist. No, no. We're sick about that guy. We're sick of hearing about people like that, that you defend, that go out and beat, rape, steal, fucking murder people. I mean, there's new facts right now, folks, that fucking Floyd swallowed a lethal dose of fucking fentanyl-laced meth meth because he was getting caught, and that's what killed him. It wasn't the cops. What the cop did was heinous. And as I said, do you need to shoot a guy seven times? No, that cop was scared. But they dealt with him. He had fought before with police. But in this world that we live in, that the media and the damn sink, we can all just go, okay, you're right. It's Trump's fault. It's the same technique they did with the baseball shooter, Bernie bro. It's the same technique they've done for everything since May. It's Trump's fault. The, the virus is Trump's fault. I mean, watching the circus party of one made me run downstairs instead of working on a script, just go scriptless. Because... Kiss my fucking white ass. I said it, it's white. I know it's disgusting to you. I know my color makes you want to vomit, liberals. This, you built it. You have built this from day one. You built it. You have built the rhetoric that if you didn't get fascists out of the White House, we were all going to die. And then you became the fascist. You have played racial identity politics since fucking Obama. You have rolled with it and made America more racist than it's ever been because everybody's looking at each other and they don't trust each other anymore. Every black person walking the street. I I have walked in public with a goddamn Hawaiian shirt now just to flip my finger to the left. 
I've seen black people get nervous. Because you lied. You made up the Boogaloo Brothers. And it's a sign of white supremacy. Because you go with SPLC, a gay-fronted fucking hate group that won't let anybody else have a fucking opinion. But we're going to go into our violent land. We'll just stop small. Just We're going to start small. We're just going to do the DC violence that I just found by logging into Twitter. Morally. Hey, you got some apples to check and join us. We should all be together. It's going to take the masses for change. This ain't enough. We need all of you guys with us. Every time. Yesterday? Well, we could use you to, to, to get us a go box. Get us a go box. Get a check. Come with us. I'm just saying. Because it's not about yesterday. It's about today. Hey, check out Save Them I want to take it to the senators. 
I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the fuck down. I'm one that talk real shit. I talk it in New York, and I talk it in D.C. The same way I fuck police up in New York, I fuck cops up here in D.C. The same way I bust police in the head in New York, I bust police in the head in D.C. Now, it's a lot of people, and I'm going to be honest, it's a lot of people that's on this front line. And one of the things that I always say, don't get on this fucking front line if you ain't going to fucking fight. Don't get on this front line if you ain't going to take no hit. Don't get on this front line when the police fucking push up, you push back. If you won't be on this front line and the racist ass, nasty ass, punk ass fucking police is pushing up, you push the fuck up. So you hear the last thing and it's, he urges people to attack cops. And then we have sound bites of harassing cops, blocking vehicles, costing cars, cops hit with water bottle, um, a New York City protester attacking cops, DC protester uh, knocking out a dog walker. It is fucking viral now. And another Antifa attack on diners and cops. And yeah, this is all Trump's fault. You're right. Yeah, you're right, media and dems. I say. Say that. Say right. He's scared as fuck. You gotta go home and I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. His gas is burning. You feel me? Hey, bro, hop out with us. Hop out with us. You not getting through them. Just hop. Hey, if you hopped out, you have a better chance. If you hop out, you got a chance. Oh, shit. He about to cry. Look at him. Say that. Say right. He's scared as fuck. You gotta go home and I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And his gas is burning. You feel me? Hey, bro, hop out with us. Hop out with us. You not getting through them. Just hop. Hey, if you hopped out, you have a better chance. If you hop out, you got a chance. Oh, shit. 
He's about to cry. Look at him.
but we could use you to, to get us a go by. Get us a go by. Get a check. Come with us. I'm just saying. Because it's not about yesterday. It's about today. Hey, check out JVM Collective on Instagram. Yeah, you're right. It's it's all Trump's fault. And by the way, I hope the mic's better. I got a new cord, relocated it. I'm recording in stereo now. It seems if I don't keep my face pointed towards the mic, we don't have the crack anymore. Here are how they're handling it. Washington, D.C. is a place to be right now if you're looking for a laid-back, relaxed atmosphere. Don't believe us? Well, maybe you'll believe Washington Post assignment editor Steve Kulowich just went on an extremely pleasant walk through Washington, D.C., uh, people are dining outside. Breaking news, notable hellhole. People are dining outside. Former market packed. Malcolm X Park is flush with picnic pods. Washington, D.C. is simply out of control. And everybody goes, yeah, that's not at night. You're not in BLM Square. You're white. You'll get your ass kicked. But they're trying the spin. New York Times can't deny rioting now blames Trump for its lead story. Um, media can no longer deny the continuous rioting in America's cities every night by left-wing thugs. Monday's New York Times lead story appeared under slanted headline, Portland death in flames debate on urban strife. Trump backers rally. President insults mayor. Biden calls his rivals reckless. The president has sought to refame the 2020 race about law and order. Yeah, because he had to. The campaign officials seen an effort for the, by the Trump campaign to distract from the coronavirus pandemic and thus resulting economic downturn, which has forced millions in unemployment. Why this is the first time in decades that America has seen this level of violence? It's you who have created the hate and division. Next one. New York Times writer with hate, Mussolini, Jonestown, white supremacy at GOP convention. You got Chris Salizzo over on CNN. Trump labeling protests as riots a sign of desperation. Trump's effort to label what is happening in major cities as riots speaks at least somewhat to his desperation, politically speaking, at this moment. The motherfucker tweeted it with National Guard in front of a burning row of buildings. People's response, fiery, but mostly pro-peaceful protest because they use that. Another one, how do you unfailingly clown yourself this way? Shouldn't the odd always you to tweet something smart at least once or twice? Another person, there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. Buck Sexton sums it up. The Democrat media talking points have gone from the protests or the new civil rights movement to the protests are mostly peaceful to what riots, these are protests, to Trump supporters are causing the protest riots all in one summer. And remember, they're on board. Harris herself has tweeted the fund to get people out of jails. This was acceptable three months ago. Where were you? Joe Biden, the deadly virus we saw overnight in Portland is unacceptable. Shooting in the streets of Great America City is unacceptable. I condemn violence on every level. Yet you have to because the polls have changed. And I have a soundbite, which I'm not going to play, of even PBS saying, whoa, man, this is bad. This is really, really bad. But your mayor that you guys coddle, Wheeler, because we're about to go to Portland. Yet again, you said you offered aid to Portland sending in federal law enforcement to our cities on behalf of the city of Portland. No thanks. We don't need your politics of division and demagoguery. Do they even listen to what they say? 
Every person in a red hat is a Nazi in Portland. Every person that prays is a Nazi. Every person that supports Trump is a Nazi. We're going to play a fucking truck rally that is the most heinous shit I've ever fucking seen in America, including people throwing rocks at cars from overpass. Yeah, it's his demagoguery. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, sure. Partners are on to you. We've already seen your reckless disregard for human life and your bumbling response to COVID pandemic. And we know you reached the conclusion the image of violence or vandalism on your only ticket to re-election. There's no place for looting, arson, or vandalism in our city. There's no room here for racist violence to those who wish to bring their ideology and hate in our community. Those who commit criminal acts will be apprehended and prosecuted under the law. No, they haven't. Tens of thousands of Portlanders are a peacefully protested march for the noble cause of fixing our broken criminal justice system. They are part of the proud progressive tradition of Portlanders fighting for justice, from racial justice to economic justice to environmental intersectionality, yada, yada, yada. When you sent the feds to Portland, you made the situation far worse. You're offered to repeat the disaster's cynical attempt to stoke fear and distract us from the real work of our city. In Portland, we are focused on coming together as a community to solve the serious challenges we face due to systemic racism, global pandemic, and economic recession. Stay away. Ted Weaver. No, it's Trump's fault. No, you're right. It's it's Trump's fault. Trump, he's all over this shit. He's the one that's doing this. Yet Democrats are doing... Biden's staff sent donation to group that pays bills in riot-torn Minneapolis. Camila Harris... If you're able to chip in now to the MN Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. This is from June 1st. Those donating to Camelia Harris appeal to help bail out peaceful protests. Lionel Timms, who was arrested last week, this time for alleged assault that left the victim with a fractured skull and traumatic brain injury. Camelia Harris and Joe Biden to be asked if they regret helping get this guy released from jail. A 32-year-old Minnesotan man was bailed out of jail by the Minnesota Freedom Fund in July after alleged assault and accuses another assault that left the victim with traumatic brain injury. The morning of the incident, Tim's allegedly punched and kicked a victim in an alley located 300 block of Hennepin Avenue East. Witness reported seeing victims being kicked while on the ground. Tim's was arrested in the early afternoon after the report of a suspicious person, the complaint said. The victim is being treated at Hennepin Healthcare for traumatic brain injury, fractured skull, and a brain bleed. The victim also needed stitches. In a statement released Wednesday, the Minnesota Freedom Fund said it deeply saddened and troubled by the arrest of Tim's in connection to the August assault of a popular and well-respected member of our community. They believe it's okay to beat the fuck out of people. Responses. Kamala has been part of the problem all along. The left wants to hold dissidents responsible for actions of long-deceased ancestors, but won't hold their own candidate responsible. The skull was mostly unfractured, I should point out, in the interest of fairness, because that's how they reported it. There are too many stories about people who were freed that had police records for previous crimes and later committed more crimes after their bails were posted. Somebody has to answer for this. If only we had real journalists instead of activists, we'd all might be better off. Among those bailed out at MFF is a suspect who shot a member of SWAT team, a woman charged with second-degree murder for stabbing a friend to death, and a twice-convicted rapist currently charged with kidnapping, assault, and sexual assault in two separate cases. It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that politicians are actually giving money to violent people who are violent and get upset when they get arrested for doing violence. The Democrats' crime wave doesn't end. 
Today's liberal are despicable people. How about contributing to fallen, injured officers? They'll never do it. They'll they'll never do it. But Ian Michael Charge starts us. What is wrong with Biden supporters? And it's the truck rally. People in Oregon decided to push back and rally. You're going to listen to videos from them getting accosted in the parking lot where they met. People throwing rocks at them, opening their car, them having to use a pepper spray to get people off their fucking vehicles, beatings, stabbings. It all happened before the man got shot. And the media never reported it. It's all Trump people's fault because they went there. They don't have the right to go to Portland. But Antifa can fuck it up for a hundred fucking days. As soon as it says disconnected or whatever, just wait. Wait 15 
I say shit on a curb. Excuse me, excuse me. I don't think there's too many people to stop it. These people are acting like animals. killed by stones thrown from overpasses the criminal conduct at a minimum is reckless endangerment nothing will happen to them nothing liberals and the media oh my god they saw it kurt eichenwall i would pay money to see brian seltzer interviewed on fox about his book on fox he would shred them and then he gets down here no way he'd go he's like rush it's a little performance his only works when he's in total control so the viewers never figure out what's going on um 
Sean Hannity. There are 600 cars participating in a conservative rally. This is taking place in Portland suburb Clackamas. The event is peaceful. They're all going to drive into Portland. And if I was used nails and other sharp objects to pop tires before the riot, a source who wishes to remain anonymous sent me this photo from Clackamas Town Center where Trump supporters are meeting for a drive around the city car rally, still unsure where they're driving to. Their Facebook event encouraged attendees to show up armed. Kirk Eichenwald, these are not people organized for law and order. These are vigilante thugs. They're an enormous threat to our safety because they get to choose who is deserving of protection and who of attack, and Trump backs them. This is the next stage in the evolution of a fascist country. Amy Siskind, what is happening in Portland suburbs tonight is a sign of what's to come everywhere in Trump's America. They're really trying to spin this for their advantage. Um, Far-right hate groups and armed militias rolling in with guns and impunity. I have friends who live there, and they are terrified. This this is authoritarianism. Vote. Since May, leftists have been beating, murdering, looting, robbing, stealing, burning, destroying, impeding cars, accosting people. But yeah, it's a Trump rally. Trump rally. Don Wislow, Portland, don't fall for Trump's stint tonight. It will only hurt Biden-Harris if you engage. Do not take the bait. Do not engage. This is a setup. Brown shirts in early formation could likely be referred to as potential lynch mob. Woman on horse in Portland, Oregon. Cruz rally for President Trump is made into Portland. They're heading downtown. NPR, because it goes with this. Police to care Portland protest a riot. But this definition could be rooted in, in, yeah, racism. That's an article they put out. It's racist. But the laws governing those declarations are vague and have roots in Oregon's deeply racist past. Oregon banned as a white-only state while banned slavery at its founding. The state adopted strict black exclusionary laws, which have been in place in the territory for decades. The law banned black people from living the state and owning problems. Jay Carafo, one of the big problems has been media enablers normalizing violence, making it acceptable and creating space for more violence. Anyone of any color, creed, or religion that is breaking and entering, stealing, setting fires to cars, stores, homes, shining powerful lasers in people's eyes and homes on bullhorn screaming demands, I'm calling them rioters. We have reached a remarkable point in history. Every single time, I think there's no way any press outlet could be more blatant and shameless. They outdo themselves. Truly impressive to behold. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever fucking heard. And it's not. Because they will try over and over and over to defend this. They believe it's true in their heart. They live in the bubble. They're part of Antifa. The guy who asked Kaylee McKinney about the fucking paintball guns, he's a pro-Antifa reporter. He's done puff pieces on them. So we're going to take one music brace in this unscripted podcast, and we're going to listen to the Tucker segment, and then we're going to come in, and you're going to hear my bumper, and you're going to hear the murder. It's a fucking murder that the media is ignoring because they're run with those people don't deserve to be in the public space. It's Trump's fault. They shouldn't have gone to Portland. It was murder. You can hear them say, we got one here. Bang, bang.
Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. This is one of those moments when there's so much lying, so much relentless, bewildering lying, that it's worth taking three steps back and considering the obvious. And here's the most obvious thing. For three months, Joe Biden's voters have trashed our country. They have looted our cities, burned buildings, beaten and killed dozens of people. For three months, Joe Biden and his advisors have done their best to ignore it all and pretend it wasn't happening. The same people who lecture you that silence is violence said virtually nothing about the riots in our streets. In fact, they threatened anyone who talked about them, who mentioned the arson, the stealing, the vandalism, anyone who in any way questioned the tactics of the mob. When this show persisted in criticizing the behavior of BLM, a coalition of left-wing activist groups tried to pull the show off the air. In the end, it didn't work. Even a Democratic presidential campaign can only deny reality for so long. Most people, no matter who they vote for, despise crime and they despise violence. Even now, after months of unending propaganda, the average person has a far higher opinion of the police than of politicians, and for good reason. Voters have started to blame Joe Biden for the chaos they see outside. Suddenly, that's clear in the polls, and Democratic leaders are very worried about it. Just as during the Iraq War, our political class promoted violence to achieve regime change. Then they lost control of their proxies and destroyed an entire country. Now they're frantically trying to distance themselves from the terror they created. Sound familiar? They have no moral regrets about any of it. They're just worried that getting blame might cost them power, so they're working to shirk that blame. Today, Joe Biden's handlers flew him to Pennsylvania so he could, quote, denounce violence. They gave him a short speech to read. They allowed no questions afterward. Biden mouthed the words they had written. He blamed Trump voters for everything, all the violence, all the rioting, presumably for all the defaced and destroyed statues, too. They did it. It must have been Trump supporters who spray-painted Kill Whitey on the pedestal of the Francis Scott Key Monument in San Francisco. Of course it was. Right-wingers, always trying to erase American history. Biden's 12 minutes today in Pennsylvania may have been the most thoroughly dishonest speech ever given by an American presidential candidate. Virtually every word of it was the opposite of the truth. It was literally beyond belief. But there was at least one honest line in that speech. We want to highlight it for you because that line reveals what all of this is really about. Here it is. His failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. Does anyone believe there'll be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? Oh, think there'll be less violence if he's reelected? Got it? It's a nice country you have here. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. That's not an observation, obviously. It's a threat. And it wasn't a mistake either. It's not a line he just blurted out. That line was in Biden's prepared remarks. His campaign tweeted it out later. They were proud of it. This is the official message of the Biden campaign. If you dare reelect Donald Trump, prepare for more rioting. You think Biden voters are dangerous now? Wait till you see them in Trump's second term. Now, we'd love to pretend that's another lie from the speech, but it's not a lie. It's likely true. And Biden was right about it. Pretty much everyone understands that it is true. But still, what a thing to say out loud. What country is this? Vote for me or my people will keep blocking traffic and setting fires and hurting people? Yes, that's exactly what they're saying. They'll never put it quite that way, of course. But the threat of violence is implied in everything they do. It's starting to become clear why the people who run the Democratic Party, people who, by the way, are not at all stupid, 
realized very early that Joe Biden was a perfect presidential candidate. The rest of us were mocking him for being senile, but they knew they had the right guy. Biden can say things like what you just heard without scaring you. That's a rare talent. Biden doesn't seem like an extremist because personally he is not an extremist. Ask anyone who knows Joe Biden. Biden is a corporate lobbyist who represented a tiny state in the Senate for 40 years. Joe Biden doesn't want a revolution. He just wants to live in a big house and have strangers love him. At this point, Biden is too slow to be radical anyway. The people who control Joe Biden understand this perfectly well. And today they had him break the fourth wall and say it out loud. Watch. Ask yourself, do I look like a radical socialist with a soft spot for rioters? Really? Do I look like a radical socialist? Uh, no, you look like a glad-handing shill for the credit card companies because that's exactly who you are, and that's why you're such an effective front man. But the people behind you are radical as hell, and we are not guessing about that. Biden's running mate, president-in-waiting Kamala Harris, openly solicited donations for rioters in Minneapolis. Quote, if you're able to, Harris tweeted in June, chip in now to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. Amazingly, that tweet is still up. At least 13 members of Joe Biden's staff sent money to the rioters in Minneapolis. So what did the Minnesota Freedom Fund do with the cash they got? Well, they freed a person who's being held for trying to kill the cops, murder them. They also bailed out an accused murderer and a twice convicted rapist, among many others. Kamala Harris has never apologized for doing this. She has never repudiated the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Biden, of course, didn't mention it in his speech today, but why would he mention it? He's not against it. He officially supports the idea behind it. The Biden campaign has called bail, quote, a modern day debtor's prison. Joe Biden is pledging, if elected, to end cash bail nationally in every state. What would that look like? What would happen if Joe Biden did that? Well, we know the answer. We don't have to guess because Democrats have already eliminated cash bail in New York City. And what happened? You know what happened. Criminals immediately flooded the streets. Hundreds of thousands of residents fled the city. Not right-wingers, by the way. Joe Biden voters. They left. They had to because violence surged out of control. Over the weekend, one savage tried to rape a 25-year-old woman on a subway platform at 11 in the morning in public view. You may have seen it on video. It happened on the Upper East Side, one of the prettiest neighborhoods in the country, a beautiful, formerly safe neighborhood. But it's not just New York. Democrat-controlled cities all over the country look like this now. There's no denying it or its effects. Spend an hour on Zillow and look at real estate prices. People are literally running away from cities run by Democrats, and they're going to places that aren't. That's not a guess. It's not a talking point. It's true. Yet according to the Biden campaign, this has nothing to do with the Democratic Party. No, it's all Donald Trump's fault. Watch. He's been leading. It's exactly the opposite of what we've been seeing from Trump, who's been trying to incite violence this entire summer. What? Just wait a second. Uh, well, I'll get to violence in a second. No, I'm, I'm thinking in real time. The president is inciting violence? Absolutely. He has. He has encouraged uh, his supporters to go out to be aggressive. Trump is inciting violence. Oh, right. He's the one screaming at you in the car on the way home and spray painting the F word on federal buildings and smashing windows and torching Wendy's. Those are all Trump voters. This is lunacy. It's totally false. There are lots of things you could blame Trump for, for sure. 
That's not one of them. So will a single person believe these lies? Well, the thoroughly beta mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, is hoping they will. Wheeler is blaming federal authorities for the state of permanent rioting in his city. It's gone on all summer. We've covered it here virtually every night. People are now being shot in Portland. Ted Wheeler wants you to know that's Trump's fault, too. Your campaign of fear is as anti-democratic as anything you've done to create hate and vitriol in our beautiful country. You've tried to divide us more than any other figure in modern history. And now you want me to stop the violence that you helped create. This guy, so many like this, what a total mediocrity. In his defense, he probably imagined when he was elected mayor of Portland that it would be all upside. He'd never have hard decisions to make. He'd never have to keep chaos under control, but he does and he's failed. And now he's blaming others. Portland is as liberal a city as we have in this country. Democrats run everything in Portland. Donald Trump got 17% of the vote in the entire county in the last election. Yet somehow, Ted Wheeler wants you to know, Trump is controlling the political climate in Portland, Oregon. As always, the opposite is true. Trump supporters are in fact no longer allowed in the city of Portland. On Saturday, one of them, a member of the group Patriot Prayer, was murdered in downtown Portland, apparently for supporting Donald Trump. The governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, promptly blamed the dead man, <clears throat> excuse me, blamed the dead man for his own murder. Patriot Prayer was in town, Brown declared, quote, looking for a fight. Another way of saying, this man was expressing his constitutionally protected political views, and that's no longer allowed in Portland. Thanks to people like Kate Brown and Ted Wheeler. You can get murdered for doing it. This man was. Here's video of the killing. Note that someone calls out the victim's location just prior to his execution. In other words, it was a coordinated hit. Watch. We got another right here, he screams, another Trump supporter. Just in case there was any question about the nature of the execution you just saw, and we're sorry for airing that, but it happened, we felt you should know. But in case there was any question about what it was about, the main suspect in that murder literally has a BLM symbol tattooed on his neck. If you watch the Democratic National Convention, you may be familiar with BLM. BLM is the group Democrats promoted from the stage all week. They're the movement corporate America will fire you for daring to criticize. They're the reason you're not allowed to acknowledge that all lives matter. You get fired for that too, many have been. This is the actual armed militia of the Democratic Party, and they are held to very different standards from the ones you live under. In fact, the suspect in this murder in Portland has been arrested twice just this summer for unlawfully carrying a loaded gun. He never went to jail. In one case, the one in Portland, the same people who tell you how much they abhor gun violence let this man go. Then he apparently murdered someone. Joe Biden did not mention this today. BLM was happy about the killing, BLM does not believe that all lives matter. They don't say they do, and they don't. They believe people who oppose them should be killed. Again, we're not making this up. Watch them celebrate the man's murder in Portland. I just got word. The person who died was a patriot cared for person. Yeah. He was a Nazi. Okay. Our community held its own and took out the trash. Our community held its own and took out the trash. These are Biden voters celebrating the murder of a man 
who they hate because he supports a different political candidate. Again, we're not making it up. You just saw the video. He was a Trump supporter, therefore deserved to die. Run the cheer. Why didn't Joe Biden mention this in his speech today? Not a word about that killing. Nor did Biden say anything about the elderly Republicans who were attacked outside the White House last week after the RNC. We showed you that tape, too. He didn't mention the Trump supporters who were shot at in South Carolina recently. He didn't mention the shooting in Los Angeles yesterday that targeted Trump voters. He didn't mention the BLM rally from over the weekend in which the speaker makes clear that he considers murdering people the next frontier in civil rights. Here it is. I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police to the grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the White House down. I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the down. The same way I bust police in the head in New York, I bust police in the head in D.C. This is everywhere. That, that was just this weekend. It gets no coverage whatsoever. The media pretend it is not happening, but it is happening and it's lunacy. And there's a massive cost for all of us to allowing it to go unchallenged. It is unchallenged, it's never challenged. BLM can say and do whatever it wants. Democrats will never criticize BLM because Democrats never criticize their own voters, period. That's their one hard and fast rule. One way they're very different from the Republican party. No matter how dangerous the words or the behavior become, Democrats won't say anything if it's coming from someone who might vote for them. So we shouldn't be surprised when their voters take the cue and become more radical and more violent. Last week in Georgia, a man was arrested for stabbing an AutoZone employee. He didn't know the guy. He told police he, quote, felt the need to find a white male to kill. Joe Biden didn't mention that today, nor did he say anything about this. This happened yesterday in Baltimore. Watch. That clip showed up on social media with the note, white lives don't matter. Joe Biden didn't mention that. There's no sign he disagrees. The media will, of course, never cover this. Over at CNN, which is now devoted full time to covering for the rioters, one analyst tweeted that only, quote, desperate Republicans claim we have riots. Amazingly, because the person who tweeted it is not very smart, his tweet contained a photograph of a burning building. The building was burning in a riot, but whatever, ignore that. Riots aren't real. There's not much violence. You'd have to be a race to think there was. Let's be honest, and Don, you do make this point, and it's important over and over. There's very little rioting. Like that, that's actually, there's very little violence. It's, 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 you know, it, but it's magnified by Donald Trump and it's magnified by Republicans and it's to convince people that they're, that people are coming for them. And, and that's, that's just simply not what's happening. Oh, it's not what's happening. And you're a bad person if you think it does. Now, to be fair, that clip, I think was recorded four days ago, three or four days ago, before the official line changed, which is actually there are riots and they're Trump riots. Trump is responsible for all this. So we've gone three months browbeating anyone who acknowledges the obvious, what's on video, what's in your city, what you may be affected by personally, the reason you're moving to Texas, can't acknowledge it. Now we've turned and we're blaming it on Trump. Ignore the evidence. Ignore the evidence. Your eyes are lying to you. 
There's only one reason you may have concluded that this is happening and Democrats are behind it, because you've been misled. You've been lied to. You've been fed a diet of fake news by agents from a hostile foreign power that, among other things, secretly controls Facebook. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Russia faked the riots and blamed Joe Biden, just like the moon landing, but more diabolical. Watch Mr. Adam Schiff explain. The Russians four years ago, Dana, exploited Black Lives Matter. They set up their own false flags online uh, to try to divide people along racial lines. Are they doing uh, and it we now? Have to, uh, uh, they are, once again, uh, doing their best uh, in social media, in their overt media, and other means to grow these divisions again. It's a false flag by Russia. Seriously? You'd like to think... In the late summer of 2020, people would laugh at that. It is hilarious in a way. On the other hand, an awful lot of blue check Democrats on Twitter believed it the first time. So who knows? They probably will again. But you got to give Adam Schiff some credit. At least he's consistent, though he's obviously completely insane in desperate need of inpatient care. That man is hurting. But he's one man in a big party. What about everyone else running the Democratic Party? They're not insane. They're not crazy in the slightest. They're just liars. And they're more ruthless than you can even understand. They will burn down your cities and tell you that you did it. And if you don't accept that judgment, maybe they'll send BLM to your house. Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf is here with reaction to the most dishonest speech ever given by a major presidential candidate. Joe Biden's address today from Pennsylvania. That's straight ahead. Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reid. just loved it. They thought it was great. It was a perfect time to be able to say, hey, look, it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. And I have a long version of the death, but I'm not going to play it. You heard what you needed to hear. They went and took them down. They decided it's time. Why would they come in to our fucking town? Why? They can't come here. And the media, of course, literally ran with it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's rhetoric and those Trump supporters. We've had people rioting since fucking May in Portland. Rioting since May. And you decide that it's okay that Trump people can't come there? 
and the media spins that they shouldn't be there. They're all a bunch of white supremacists. Ian Michael Chong did some tweeting on it. Listen closely. This was the instant of a murder in Portland. Hey, hey, we got one right here. We got a Trumper right here, right here. Bam, bam. He was a fucking Nazi. Our community held its own. Antifa and BLM in Portland celebrating homicide. And it sounded like this. Y'all are not angry. You're not paying attention. If y'all are not angry, you're not with me. sad that the fucking fascist died tonight, says a woman in an Antifa gathering downtown Portland. The crowd laughs and cheers. The idea of the deceased is not confirmed, but he believed to be a Trump Blue Lives Matter supporter. He's a Nazi. Antifa mob assaults a man who tries to stop them from breaking inside a pet- petrol station in downtown Portland. They randomly call him a Nazi to incite the mob to violence. Antifa clashed with drivers in Trump Caravan in downtown Portland. They spray urine at the cars and they spray mace and shoot paintballs back. Antifa riders try to physically block the Trump cars from driving in downtown Portland. They get maced. I played it. Um, Medic tries to save the shooting victim in downtown Portland. It's a white male contrary to what Antifa journalists and accounts say about it being a black victim. The New York Times is reporting that the deceased white victim was wearing a Patriot Prayer hat. Patriot Prayer is a pro-Trump conservative group in the Portland area. Antifa has claimed tonight that a fascist killed a black person. 
The shooting victim is downtown Portland tonight at a side bag with Blue Lives Matter style flag. Many Antifa on social media are celebrating this death, even though his idea is not yet known. Leg a shooting victim with side satchel with Blue Lives Matter. Update from a comrade. Deceased person had a Blue Lives Matter flag on him. Looks like the person that got shot and killed was a Patriot Prayer Chud. There are some 600 participating in the conservative pro-Trump car rally outside Portland right now. They're planning to drive through Clackamas to the Portland Antifar, discussing ways to oppose them. This is taking place in Portland suburb of Clackamas. And then all the videos I already played. The guy that the media won't talk about? I'm 100% Antifa. This is the shooter. And an article from Post Millennial on it. The man being investigated by Portland in a fatal shooting of a Trump supporter is a Portland is Portland identifies as Antifa and is an ardent Black Lives Matter supporter. Michael Forrest Reinhold was previously arrested as an Antifa riot in July and charged with illegally possessing a loaded firearm and other crimes. He was let go and the charges were never pursued. He allegedly went on to kill Aaron J. Danielson on Saturday night in downtown Portland. The Oregonian was the first to report Reinhold 48 is being investigated by Portland police for the homicide. He has not been formally named or charged. In the early hours of July 5th, during the start of the violent Antifa and Black Lives Matter riot outside the Marco Hatfield Federal Courthouse, Reinhold was cited for possessing a loaded gun in a public place, resisting arrest and interfering with police. He was photographed at the time fighting cops while on the ground. A gun laid on the ground next to him. He was cited, released, and spent no time in jail. Like for the majority of those arrested at riots, local prosecutors did not pursue the charges. Danielson, the victim, was shot in the chest in downtown Portland just before 9 p.m. by a man believed to be Reinhold who fled the scene on foot. Video recorded of the shooting shows Danielson lying motionless on the ground immediately after two shots are fired. He wore a pro-police patch on his shorts and was part of the caravan. When part of the caravan arrived, they were thrown, had rocks, eggs, and other projectiles thrown at him. In response, pro-Trump drivers and passengers were seen shooting them with paintballs and spraying them with pepper spray. Some rioters tried to physically block cars from driving in the road using their bodies as barricade. Kate Davenscourt, a Seattle conservative activist, knew Danielson. He wasn't a violent guy. He just loved his country and the president. <clears throat> Reinhold was an extensive social media history that shows he identifies as Antifa and has been at many of the riots in Portland. He posted frequently about Black Lives Matter and even has a tattoo of Black Power on his neck <clears throat> on instagram in june he posted every revolutionary every revolution needs people that are willing and ready to fight there are many of us protesters that are just protesting without a clue of what that will lead that's just the beginning that's where the fight starts if that's as far as you can take it thank you for your participation but please stand aside and support the ones who are willing to fight i am a hundred percent antifa all the way I'm willing to fight for my brothers and sisters, even if some of them are too ignorant to realize what Antifa truly stands for. He continues, We are currently living through a crucial point in humanity's evolution. 
We truly have an opportunity right now to fix everything, but it will be a fight like no other. It will be a war like all wars, so there will be casualties. Reinhold also touted his military experience. I was in the army and I hated it. I did not feel like fighting for them would ever be a good cause. Today's protesters in Antifa are my brothers in arms. This is a cause to fight for. This truly is fighting for my country. Portland has been the focus of nearly 100 days of riots. I won't read anymore. Responses to stuff like this on Twitter. Brandon Leon. Someone needs to investigate on how felony possession of a firearm by a convicted felon was dropped. Was his bail posted by the Biden and team? Sounds like the leaders in charge of cashless bail, catch and release, and non-prosecution of crimes have blood on their hands. This is what they want. They believe, we, we play it, Cuomo said it, not all punches are the same morally. Go beat people up that support Trump. That's why I played the montage of all the damn leaders and what they've said. This is what you get. This is where we end up. Kenosha sees 175 arrested during civil unrest so far. 102 had addresses outside the city. A Seattle Antifa group arrested in Kenosha with riot gear and controlled substances on them. They went all the way up to Kenosha. Then you have an actual reporter doing his fucking job, and he goes and he literally goes through the streets. Spent the last 36 hours walking around Kenosha in a daze. Large swath of the city are undistinguishable from a war zone. The destruction in place is total. The local days shock and trying to brave. Here are some pictures. The worst hit areas uptown beating heart of the city. Black community, ice cream shops, nail salons, faith mission, all smoldering. I couldn't even work out what this building used to be. Every single locale I spoke to blamed out-of-towners for the worst of the destruction. This didn't offer a huge amount of evidence for this, but it's a blanket consensus. This is a car lot. Pretty much every boarded up shop has a mural painting on now. Some of the plaintiff request to prospective fire starters. Kids live upstairs. A former job center in uptown Kenosha destroyed. The owner of this bar told me they'd, they'd open just before the pandemic. Have it eventually reopened. It was broken into this week. He estimated $25,000 in damages. As we were talking, a young man came to ask the owner where the nearest post box was. There used to be two across the street, but they both just got burnt. RB Pundit. As you look at this destruction, remember that while this is predominantly black neighborhood, most of the rioters who caused this damage were white and Joe Biden voters. So what does the media do? NPR promotes insane books celebrating looting and rioting. The actual title of the book, In Defense, I'll make sure I got it right, In Defense of Looting, Vicki Oswald's new book, In Defense of Looting, A Riotous History of Uncivil Action, is a social justice justification for property damage and theft. This book promotes riots is a number one new release on Amazon. 
The book is a declaration of looting in the name of anti-racist action directly at dismantling whiteness and property ownership. Speaking to NPR, Natalia Scober, Osterweil made the point that looting during the course of riots is a redistribution of wealth, wealth, not theft, and that property damage, too, is simply a way to reapportion assets which she deems necessary in an unequal society. What do Democrats do? California DA says cops must consider if looters needed stolen property before they can charge them with looting. Law enforcement officers have to consider if looters needed the stolen merchandise before charging them, according to new guidance issued by leftist lunatic Diana Becton, the first-term Costa County District Attorney supported by George Soros. Just to show how whacked out she is, when a couple painted over the Marxist Lives Matter message, BLM, on the street in front of Wakefield Taylor Courthouse, the office of the district attorney in Costa County, Becton, charged them with hate crime. Stealing is fine so long as a thief needed what he stole, but painting over a Marxist group propaganda message is a hate crime. Here's the statement from Contra DA. Let me try to read this, because it's in a photo. Today, the Contra Costa County District Attorney Office charged Nicole Anderson and David Nelson with three misdemeanor counts, including hate crime for their alleged action on Saturday by July 4th, when defendant Anderson covered up a BLM mural with paint. On July 1st, a local Martinez restaurant resident applied for a permit to Nelson. We must address address the root byproduct of systemic racism in our country. The BLM movement is an important civil rights cause that deserve all our attention. Okay, that wasn't it. Where's her statement? Because they said that was the statement. And that wasn't. It doesn't matter. She said it. There it is. And like I said... Lawyers make bombshell claim. Body cam show Floyd ingesting fatal amount of drugs before arrest. He died of an overdose. Kenosha Police Union drops truth bomb about what really happened in Jacob Blake shooting. Let me open it up. This is on law enforcement today remember we're scriptless today for all of those who keep stating inaccurate false information on Jacob Blake read the statement from Kenosha Police Association the Kenosha Professional Police Association released a statement Friday contradicting key details of the Jacob Blake shooting do you break it down okay let me go to the blaze sorry Uh, let's read it. The purely fictional depiction of events coming from without direct knowledge of what actually occurred is incredibly harmful and provides no benefit to anyone whatsoever other than to perpetuate a misleading narrative. Unfortunately, even the incident update from the Wisconsin Department of Justice is riddled with incomplete information and omits important details that could help paint a more complete picture. The union and officers were dispatched because 9-11 caller (coughs) claimed Blank was attempting to steal her vehicle, according to state investigators. 
he was not supposed to be on the president pre- premises. Police dispatched to the scene were aware of Mr. Blake open warrant for felony sexual assault, the union said. Investigators with the Wisconsin Department of Justice said Blake had a knife in his possession. <clears throat> the silver SUV seen in the widely circulated video was not Mr. Blake's vehicle. Mr. Blake was not unarmed. He was armed with a knife. The officers did not see the knife initially. The officers first saw him holding the knife while they were on the passenger side of the vehicle. The main video circulated on the internet showed Mrs. Bla- Mr. Blake with a knife in his left hand. When he round- rounds the front of the car, the officers issued repeated commands for him to drop the knife. He did not, and they used two tasers. Nothing. Nothing is true. Nothing. They don't want it to be true. They go with the narrative. And in the end, that's all they need. They just need narrative. As long as they can try to pin it on Trump, they could do it. Colorado man yelled Black Lives Matter before allegedly stabbing white victim. Steve Sinclair shattered, shouted, Black Lives Matter, and allegedly used a knife to stab 29-year-old Michael Connor, who's white. The victor su- suffered a collapsed lung and the brazen attack. It's unclear whether Sinclair actually had any direct or indirect involvement vol- with BLM, but nobody seems to care. And then a guy who's been caught and released numerous times was filmed in New York raping a lady at a subway. Ah, crap. The version I got, it's mute. Man attempt to rape a 25-year-old at 11 Saturday on the 63 Lexington S2Q platform in Manhattan. But I do have plenty of others. While they defend it, while they do it, here's another montage of Portland. Um, Anifa asking for help. Portland occupies uh, Wheeler's house. Portland Antifa beating people up. Portland burning flags to celebrate the murder. Um, Portland rally, more violence, more Portland violence. Smashing a Trump bus. Yeah, just random black lady walking up and trashing a bus. Yeah. You don't need to go 
at least you can talk uh, here. That uh, we're here. Hey guys, uh, so there is a big protest in DC or in the JC right now in Portland. Uh, we're not there, we're in DC, but they need bodies now over at the Justice Center in Portland. So if you guys are in Portland, you get this message, make it down to the Justice Center. They need help now. So this is our time, this is the time to take a stand. We can't be there, so we need people to go out and stand for us. So please, head down to the Justice Center now, we need you. We're all in this together, guys. Stay strong, stay safe, be dangerous. It's all Trump's fault. 
Everything's fucking Trump's fault. I mean, the reason we can't get good burger, Burger King's Trump's fault, Trump fault, Trump fault. That's all they got. There was only one positive I had. Senator Johnson scorches the media for helping to destabilize the country. I want to turn to the question of Russia and more specifically election interference in the election we are currently in. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence informed congressional oversight committees that it will no longer be briefing in person on election security issues. Do you think that the DNI should continue or his, his uh, aides should continue to give those briefings? Well, they will in a written form, and they're not doing it in person because of the leaks, apparently. Listen, Dan, I've been on top of Russian interference in elections uh, well before 2016. As chairman of the European Subcommittee of Foreign Relations, we held three hearings on the way Russia tries to destabilize the election systems of countries around the world. I know that. And that that is what they have done successfully because because they were aided and abetted by people like Adam Schiff, Democrats, and the mainstream media. Hold on, hold on. They they have very difficult time. Influencing elections. Let's 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 focus on the, the issue at hand, which is the DNI briefing. You just said because of leaks. My question for you is: first of all, members of the committee, people who sit on the intelligence committees, dispute that they leak. But secondly, why logically would having an all written briefing? Why would having an all written briefing do anything to stop leaks? Wouldn't it make it easier if you have something? Well, on first of all, Dan, this this. Listen, I, 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 I sit during, uh, you know, through secured briefings. This is being blown so way out of proportion. I, I can probably count on one or two fingers the things that are actually classified in those briefings. There, there's no surprise here. We, we know that, dip, that foreign actors are trying to influence, trying to destabilize our political system. But again, we're doing Putin's work for him. What Adam Schiff did with this false narrative, what the news media did in terms of false Russian collusion with the Trump campaign narrative, you know, a criminal investigation, a special counsel, that is what has destabilized our politics. It's, it's, it's how the media and how Democrats but, you know, have, have okay. taken that but, but and, and, and basically done media. Vladimir Putin's work for them. This is about the Constitution and the, and the oversight responsibility that people like you in Congress have. Shouldn't you have the opportunity to question people who are we, uh, working on we, securing we, we, the elections which are happening now? We, we do and we will. And we all we all know what Putin is doing. We, you know, China wants to Biden to be the next president. We understand that. But there, you know, it's very difficult to change votes. It's very difficult to actually affect the poll numbers. What you can do is de- destabilize our politics, and, you, and that and is you, exactly what Russia has succeeded in doing because of what Adam Schiff, Democrats, and the news media believe, have done as a result. Do you believe, and do you? Um agree with the notion that Russia, as we speak, is trying to destabilize this election? Yeah, they always have, they always will. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, you know, again, I, I held hearings on this a couple years before the 2016. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all by it. Yes, we have, to be, we t- have to take it very seriously. But we can't play into Putin's hands. We can't blow it out of proportion to destabilize our own political system, which is what's happened over the last three years. I wanna... We've done it to ourselves. Okay. okay, I think I fixed the mic now. I, I pushed it back further. <laughs> Something has just changed with this digital... So I have the mic like three feet away from me. I'm not pointing my mouth to it. So my audio might be a little lower than usual, but I'm just, I'm, I'm having fits with this new mic uh, or this new computer. It's, it's totally different. And um, 
I've even restarted the computer a couple times trying to get it fixed because I don't want to buy a new mic. A, my wife won't let me spend $200 on a new microphone, and B, it was a gift. So I'm just trying super hard to do the right thing here. Um, but th that's the only soundbite I can find, which basically is a state of where we're at. I mean, as I said in the last podcast, I'm going to end every podcast with a generalized rant. The day he got elected, there was riots. We've had the Women's March riots. We've had Antifa rioting across the country. We've had anti-fascist stop fascist now. We've had attack after attack after attack of people in red hats from kids to people that are in the administration to grown adults. We've had guys shoot up baseball fields. We've had numerous people pulled the fuck out of the car and beaten. Every time there's a black shooting, we've had a riot. We've had attacks in the streets. We've had looting, burning, killing, nonstop since May, based on a guy who took a lethal dose of fentanyl-laced meth. The cop was horrible, but the guy was going to die anyway. And then we had three funerals for it. During the whole time that Trump's been president, we've had the Russia can't, the Russia hoax stopping people coming in the country from Asian country, or um, Middle East. They blocked that till they finally got it. So God knows how many people got in here that are not supposed to be here. We have had the Russia hoax go all the way through the Mueller investigation that found there was nothing wrong and it proved everything Trump said was actually true, that Obama did wiretap and did spy on him. Those were all facts. We then impeached the president on a phone call that was the same thing Obama said on open mic in Russia. Those are true statements. That's what happened. We then went into COVID. He goes to stop people coming in the country. They try to stop him in the Congress with a bill. Then they use it against him and say he's killed everybody when we've already proven that New York was the epicenter of this virus. They didn't stop people from leaving. They spread it all over the country. They killed a bunch of old people and then said he killed it. And then they try to say that he's responsible for everything. We know that they have got people everywhere in the country faking numbers that have to be repealed and taken back, and we find that none of it was true. The numbers were inflated, and then they dropped that. We've had protests since May. Those people can be out in the streets. You can't go to church still in blue states. You can't go out and have a barbecue in blue states. And then we have the rhetoric. It has been nonstop from Democratic officials. It's been nonstop from our media that anybody doesn't think like this is, is deplorable, is a racist, is a homophobe, is a transphobe, is a sexist. They do not belong in society. And then we have all the Bernie tapes of people over and over saying they are going to do re-education re camps. We're going to beat people in the street. We're going to burn cities down if Bernie doesn't win. And they're doing it now. And then we have actual rhetoric from Bernie and Beto that we're going to go across the country and force Americans to do what we want them to do. They want to defund the police. 
They do catch and release for all criminals. And how many have we had on the show? At least 20 incidents of criminals being released by the Democrats and going back and doing more crime. It is factual. It's not made up. The guy who just killed somebody did it himself. Catch and release for federal crime of carrying a weapon. And then he kills somebody. We had the people beating Jewish people. Released. No but no cash bond. Out in the street beating people three fucking times. They want to open the borders. They do not want anybody to be illegal. They're all going to be legal. And then they're going to give them funds. They're going to give them the same amount of freaking social safety net that you and I get. They want to do the Green New Deal. They want to ensure what you eat, what you fucking drive. They're going to tell you where to take a shit. They're going to take your guns. They're going to tax the shit out of fucking ammo. They're going to do two red flag laws. They're already putting back in Operation Choke Point for gun manufacturers can't get money. They're going to make them cribbly liable for every cuckoo for Coca Puffs person that shoots somebody. And they're going to take ARs. I don't know how they're doing that. I guess they're going to do it with their social justice warrior force. And you've watched these riots. It is his voting block. BLM and Antifa have been destroying cities and they're bussed around by Democrats to destroy said cities. And it's Donald Trump's fault. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. But that dog don't fucking hunt. If you vote for Biden and Democrats to run the levers of this country, the country we know will end. Trump is not being hyperbolic. It is reality. Remember couple months ago, Dan Crenshaw was interviewed and he said, listen to what they say. And if anything sticks with you, I'm going to close this show on how I opened the show. Listen to what they say. This montage is going to be the montage I will end every show with going forward. Before I play the music. Listen to what they say. And believe them. That's what they want. For America. So this wraps up another episode. Of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends. Send comments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. At gmail.com. Foppodcast gmail.com. You get the show on SoundCloud. Podcast Attic. TuneIn Radio. Google Play. iTunes. Blueberry. Stitcher. Down and Pocket Cast. Remember, check out the Twitter account at Fop Tony Reed. Our next show will be, um, we're going to shoot for Sunday, 6 September, Year of Our Lord 2020. As always, spend time with your family, disconnect from your devices, don't give the yeah yes. Tune in for our next show. I thank you so much for listening, and I beg that you listen to this montage word for word. 
and you remember it when you go to the polls in November. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. So even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. And part of the challenge we have as a nation is that a significant swath of Americans still support Donald Trump. They support his vision of America, and that is rooted in racism. It is rooted in a desire for power at the expense of everyone who is black and brown. And so what we have in this problem is a, is a, is a spiritual kind of tyranny of the worst impulses, uh, you know, as uh, Dr. Meacham said, um, you, know, nar you know, sort of weaponizing narcissism. That will send a shockwave through this country and Donald Trump may not accept the results but who gives a shit? because the rest of the country will be forced to I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in the fucking grave I'm at the point where I want to burn the fucking White House down I want to take it to the senator I want to take it to the Congress I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the fuck down.
Cheers, man. What the fuck is that? Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. Makes every day count. Thank you.